Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. Hey, I'm excited about today. I'm thrilled that everyone is here. Just so you know, I have such an anticipation in my heart for what God wants to do in and through every one of us. So I want you just to be, be ready. Get your heart ready. Are you ready today? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you? Oh, my goodness. This is 10 o'clock. You guys got to be ready. You got to be readier than that, right? Are you guys ready? Come on, chapel. I know the chapel's ready. I know the chapel's ready. I'm excited about today. The title of today's message is The Bear Trap. The Bear Trap. The Bear Trap. We are going to open up a number of scriptures, and I hope and pray every one of us are are, are ready to grow. If this environment is new for you, you've never been to a church that has karaoke on the screen. It's not karaoke. It's actually, we just put the words up there. This is a modern day hymnal is really what it is. So we put the words up on the screens so that you can follow along with us, but this might be totally new for you. Just so you know, uh, you're a part of this family, whether you believe in God or not. We want you to know we love you. We are for you. And wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we are glad you are with us today. And we're trusting that the God of heaven will grab a hold of your heart, draw you closer to him, and you'll see who Jesus is and you will want to surrender your whole life to him like I've surrendered mine to him because I'm telling you it's the best story that you could ever be a part of is laying down your life for the cause of Jesus Christ. So we're going to open up this Bible today and grow a a little bit. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. If you didn't bring your Bible with you, we'll put the scripture on the screen so that you can follow along with us. But in Genesis uh, chapter 2, I think I'm beginning in verse number 21. Is that right? Help me out. Is that right? Is that right? Yes? Okay. Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. The scripture says this. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the, uh, from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And now you have the first word of poetry, the first song ever in Scripture. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This is Bruno Mars, Versace on the floor right here. She shall be called woman. Hallelujah. For she was taken out of man. That is why. That is why. That is why. A man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Verse 25, Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. This is uh, beautiful here. This is Genesis, the book of beginnings, and we get to see the dance. We get to see the, the intimacy. We get to see the connection that God here uh, is making between man and woman, and it is absolutely beautiful. They were both naked, felt no shame. They didn't have to cover anything up. What would it be like to live a life where you didn't have to cover anything up? You didn't have to wear any masks. You could just be who you were in every environment that you walked 
into how much time and energy does it take for us to get ourselves together, not only with our clothes, but with our mindsets and all the degrees and things that we have to put around us to try to make us look a certain way. Here is man and woman, and they have this intimate connection. But not only is the intimate connection between uh, man and woman, it's also between God and man and God and woman and even man with the earth. It is beautiful. The flow is fantastic. But then in chapter 3, verse number 1, the Bible says the the, the serpent was more crafty than all of the animals the Lord God had made. So now you have a serpent that is sneaking in. This is the enemy, the devil, that has slipped in here, and he's going to try to mess up this dance. He's going to try to mess up this unity. He's going to try to mess up the beauty, and he does it with precision. He brings division and dissension. Remember this. God is always interested in making the two one, but the enemy is always interested in making the one two. Okay? God is trying to bring together. The enemy is interested in tearing apart. This is his strategy. So whether you have a best friend in high school or college right now, or you are married, or you are even engaged right now, and you're wondering about your future, please understand that God is interested in unity. God is interested in bringing things together, but the enemy is interested in tearing things apart, and it happens, and it happens so uh, terribly that that this man and this woman they think their sin they think this brokenness is just going to be with them but it's not just with them it actually seeps into their next relationship it gets down to their kids Cain and Abel the first murder that ever took place was not between two different people groups it was not between two different nationalities it wasn't between it wasn't a war between countries that were on the other side of the world it was brother against brother and I'll tell you that's the same kind of killing that is happening today it's brother against brother it is family member against family member and we're tearing each other apart Just watch MSNBC or CNN or Fox News or NPR can be nice. But everybody seems to be tearing each other apart. That's the enemy's strategy. He's interested in division and dissension. If the enemy, understand this, if if the enemy can mess with your relationships, then he can mess with your purpose. Because your purpose is always connected with relationship, okay? It's always connected to what what somebody else has that they're going to give you and what you have and that you're going to give them. There is no self-made person, okay? It just does not happen. Even if a person is a billionaire, they need to have a relationship with a bank. You got to have some relationship in order to be able to move your life forward. And the reality is what God is wanting to do in you, whether you're in this room or in the chapel or at Bishop Arts, whatever, whatever he is wanting to do on the inside of you is he wants to connect you with the right people to get you where you are trying to go. And the enemy is trying to mess with that. I can mess with your relationships. I can mess with your potential. I can mess with your purpose. I can distort your destiny. So that's why sons with their mothers or their fathers, the enemy's interested in getting in there 
Because if he can mess with how you see your mother, then he can mess with your ability to trust people. If he can mess with the, the way you see your father, then it will impact how you see God. If he can mess with the relationship that you have at your job, then he can impact your joy. Because the place that you're going to be all these hours throughout the week, the enemy is trying to sap you from life, of life, so that you cannot move forward and be who God has called you to be. And you don't see your job as a mission field. You see it as misery. So now the enemy is messing with your potential, the place where God has you. If he can mess with your relationship with your church, he can impact how you're going to flourish. If he can mess with your relationship with your friends, he can impact your destiny. All these things the enemy's trying to get in there and mess with relationships. And the thing I have seen him use over and over and over and over and over again is offense. Offense. You know that feeling. You know that feeling of... can't believe that that feeling of being insulted that feeling of being bothered being put off that feeling of someone walking past you when you held the door for them and they didn't even say thank you (laughs) that feeling of when somebody talks down to you and you think that they think they're better than you and you're like give me another chance I wish if I got to see that person again I'll trip them That feeling of being hurt, that feeling, I, I've got here, I got here, uh, just for the record, this was supposed to be a lot bigger, okay? It was supposed to be. This is a very small bear trap, okay? This is very, very small. The large one cost way too much money, okay? It was hundreds of dollars. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. So this is like $20 from some guy on Let's Go app, I think. So, and we talked him down. <laughs> but it works. It works. It works. It works. A bear trap. Every time someone hurts you, insults you, bothers you, every time you're disappointed, it's as if a trap has been set. And you and I get to choose whether or not we step into it. Now, I closed this thing, okay, so it's not going to close on me. We were not going to have that at church today, okay? No healing service here. Uh, So I, I closed this up so I'm not going to be injured, but you get the idea. Step into it. The second that happens, this bear trap closes in on you. The offense is like the trap is being laid. Offended is you and I stepping into the trap. Put another way, offense is an event. Offended is a decision. You see the difference? Offense is an event. Offended is a decision. Offense is the trap was laid. Offended is I stepped into it. You know, you know. Okay, let me talk to husbands and wives just for a second. You know when your spouse says that thing. Mm, That thing. 
Or does that, th you're like, I already told him. I already told him. Pick up his drawers. Pick up his drawers. I've already told We've been married 17 years now. I told him. Those undies do not belong. You think your mom lives here? I've told him that over and over and over and over again. And he drops them on the ground as if there's a fairy that comes by and picks them up and puts them in the washing machine. His dirty drawers. And you, you see them there. You just dropped a fence. was just a dropped <laughs> on your bedroom floor. You stepping into it. <laughs> now you have a choice. Am I... Am I going to engage in this and now be a little bit colder, put off, upset, frustrated, thinking I'm getting back at him when in actuality you've actually closed something in on your own ankle? You can pick up those underwear, put them in the washing machine, but when you pick them up with a fence... This thing closes in on your wrist, and as soon as someone comes home, or maybe it's not even your husband that comes home, when you're interacting with one of your friends, you're hitting them with this thing you got on your wrist. Because now your offense is being carried with you. If, if friend A and friend B are friends. They've been friends since high school, right? They've been friends since high school. A and B have been friends since high school. They are so close. They are so tight. They were on the football team together. They were on the lacrosse team together. Does anybody even know what lacrosse is? Okay, good. So they, they, they were on the team together. A and B have been friends since they were in high school. And then B meets a friend at work, and that friend is C. And B chooses to bring C into the relationship with A and B. And they're all hanging out on the weekends, having the best time, serving at church together. They are enjoying life. But A and B have a falling out. Now C... Can't be friends with A. Why? Because B brought him into the relationship. Come on, don't look at me like this. You know what I'm talking about. This offense impacts not just A and B. It impacts C too. So some of us have some relationships right now, some people we haven't talked to for years. Not even because they totally did it to us. It's because we picked up an offense of somebody else. And we're carrying it around. Maybe not even knowing everything that happened. Okay, why did I use a bear trap? Why did I use a bear trap? It's biblical. Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. Go with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I want to begin reading in verse number 13. Okay, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. You guys still with me? You still with me? Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? What are people saying about me? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, 
Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. There is a party that is about to happen right here. Jesus replied, what? Yes, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not, the gates of hell will not overcome it. This is a huge moment. Jesus trying to figure out what people are saying. And Peter's like, ooh, ooh, I know, I know you are the son of the living God. God and Jesus is like, yes, Peter, you are right. Matter of fact, I'm changing your name. I'm changing your name to Dwayne Johnson. You are the rock. You are the rock. And on the rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. Understand that the church is not a building. The church is a people, okay? So Jesus is interested in building a people, not a people that will attend on Sunday, but a people that will be a mission, be missionaries, will go into the world and be his hands and his feet and actually will go and kick down the gates of hell. We're not scared of hell hell scared of us we are on mission and jesus says i'm building my church i'm building my church i'm building my church i'm building my church and peter's like yeah did you hear that disciples you hear it i'm the rock i'm the rock well skip down Uh uh-oh uh-oh just a couple verses go to verse 21 same chapter chapter 16 Verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Verse 22, Peter took him aside, began to rebuke him. Okay. Now Peter's like, hey, you just call me rock. Feeling really good about myself. Come here, Jesus. You're messing it up. You're not seeing things correctly. I know I said you're the Messiah, the Son of God, but listen, I'm the rock. The rock is talking to you right now, and when the rock talks, you listen. Never, Lord, he said. You're not dying. You're not going to suffer. You're my Messiah. My Messiah is coming in on a white horse. He's a champion. He is not going to feel any pain. There will be no problems. That's not my picture of the Messiah. So I don't know what you're talking about, all this suffering and dying stuff, but I'm rebuking you right now. No, that is not happening. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. How many verses did it take for him to go from the rock To the devil. (laughs) How long does it take you? Like Sunday by Tuesday? Are you like, no, I need church. I need church. I need to get back. I need to get back. (laughs) Just a few verses. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. He says to Peter, you're a... You're a stumbling block to me. The word S-K-A-N-D-O-L-O-N, I believe is how you spell it. I have it on the screen for you. It actually means the trigger of a trap. What you're saying to me right now, Peter, 
is the trigger of a trap. You've laid it on the ground, and you're trying to get my eyes off of my purpose. You're trying to get my eyes off of my potential. You're trying to get my eyes off of my destiny. And you think you're helping me. You think you're helping me by trying to dumb down who I am. You think you're helping me by pulling me aside. You think you're helping me by rebuking me right now. But you're not helping me at all. I came to this earth not to be lifted up on some chariot. I came to be lifted up on a cross. And I came to give my life for all of humanity. I came to see the lost found. I came so that the blind would see. I came so that those who are far from God could have a relationship with God. I came for those that feel like nobody cares about them. I came to let them know that there's a Savior that loves them and is for them. That's why I came and now you're trying to trap me. You're trying to say there's another way. Then take all that. You don't have to do that. You, you don't have to die. Peter's sincere. He's just sincerely wrong. So put the trap down. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Goes around it. Matthew chapter 11. I got another verse for you. Matthew chapter 11. So, so you believe me. I need you to believe me. I need you to believe me. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the town of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and you tell John. What you hear and see, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. That word stumble, same word, root word from Matthew chapter 16. This word, one theologian translates it, means the meaning is to fall into a trap. Why do I bring these up? I bring these up because Jesus was, had a trap put in front of him. John the Baptist had a trap put in front of him. And you and I aren't Jesus and aren't John the Baptist. Surely we've got traps all around us and if we do not grow in our maturity and in the plans and the schemes of the enemy, we will be stepping into things and falling into traps and no wonder our potential is being sucked dry. It's because we have been, our, our life has been cut off from us. Blood's supposed to be flowing through our veins, and instead we're carrying around a trap on our wrist. Love's supposed to be flowing from our heart. Instead, there is a trap around our heart. There's a part of us that will love, but there's another part of us that will not love. Why? Because we're carrying around an offense in this part of our heart, and we think we're hurting someone else. And in actuality, we're hurting ourselves. I'm trying, I'm trying to help you. 
I'm trying to help me. Uh, I, I don't like this about myself, okay? I'm telling you something right now I do not like about myself, okay? Do not judge me. Don't put it on Instagram like, oh, I know. You're a bad person, okay? I already know. I'm nice. I'm a very loving, kind person. I am, okay? Been like this since I was young from what my mother tells me, okay? I love talking to people, connecting with people, saying hi to people, meeting people. I love walk. We were watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine the other day, and Terry Crews was walking through. I do not look like Terry Crews. One day I will. Uh, but he, he was walking through the precinct, and uh, his boss was saying, I bet you can't walk by and not say hi to anyone. Just walk right to your desk and don't say hi to anyone. Terry's like, oh, I got this. No problem at all. But he couldn't do it. He could, That's me. I walk, I walk through. I like to say hi. I like to look people in the eyes. I like to love on people. I like to say, I just got to meet a whole bunch of folks from Lake Highlands High School. I love all of you guys. I'm glad you guys are here uh, today. I got to meet all these new people. I love meeting new people. I love meeting old people, old by age and old by like I've known you for a long time. I love, I love. There's a lot of love that flows from my heart. But if you offend me, or rather, I choose to be offended, because it's a decision, I can cut you off so fast. I'll put a wall, boom. I'll still be nice. Enough for plausible deniability, right? So my wife, you know, does something that she doesn't even know that she's done, and I'm like, I can't believe her. Can't stand, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. And can I share something, honey, that you've done that I can? Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. This, she's done nothing. She's done. Okay, this is an easy one. This is an easy one. Uh, I like to wake up early, okay? I like to wake up early. I, I'm an early riser, and I wake up fired up. I'm up in the morning. I'm like, woo, let's go right now. The party has begun. I'm excited. I am ready to go. Some of you would hate me in the morning, okay? You already hate me right now. You're like, oh, my gosh, I blew myself out of bed. I'm here. That's why I'm in the chapel right now. I don't want to have to look at you. So you, 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 I'm, I'm loud. I'm excited. Onika takes Zyrtec every night. So she wakes up and she takes drugs every night. Every night my wife takes drugs. Every night. She says it's allergies. I think she likes to sleep well. So anyway, (laughs) no, it it is allergies. It's serious. So. She just kind of wakes up a little bit groggier in the morning, needs to have her coffee. I don't need any coffee. How I am right now, I am like this when I wake up in the morning with no coffee at all. I'm ready to go right in the morning. Let's get this day started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even this morning, this morning, I'm like, well, I got to preach. I get to preach today. I get to talk to all these people, share the love of Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited about this. We get to give people a picture of who Jesus is and point them to the savior of the world. I am thrilled about this. There'll be new people coming that they've never even heard the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And we get the chance to present to them the savior of the world and show them who he really is. I am fired up. I'm ready to go into the other room and pray, but I got kids. 
And these kids is following me around everywhere else. Too. She's like, daddy, 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 daddy. She's following me around everywhere. I go into our guest bedroom trying to pray, get on my knees, put my, my headphones on, trying to connect with the Lord. I'm praying, and I, the door just opens up, and I got these headphones in that cancel the noise, so she scares me all the time because I don't know she's walking up on me. And I'm like, hey, honey, honey, can you please take care of the kids? Can you take care of the kids? Yeah, can you give me my coffee first? Can you give me my coffee first? Can you give me my coffee first? Uh, honey, honey, I got to share the word of God today. Honey, I got to share the gospel. Honey, I'm going to open up the Bible today. Honey, today people are going to be impacted by the cause of Jesus Christ. I know, I know, but I need my coffee first. Give me my coffee first. My, uh, honey, please, honey, please, honey, please. Yeah, yeah, give her my phone and let her watch some videos. Let her watch some videos and, I, and I'll be up. Well, that for me. Now, this is dumb, right? This is dumb. It's small. I, but, but this is the stuff. Somebody just shouted, this is real talk, though, okay? And it was not my wife. <laughs> so, this is the dumb stuff. That now I, I've stepped in this one a few times, and I'm nice enough. But mm, a little bit so she knows. You offended the great one. And, you know, a little bit, a little bit. Like, that's my mindset or something. Like, like, I, like I'm somebody. You, and you ask people, when they end up divorced, do they ever see those small things of division and discord, bringing them all the way to divorce court? They would say there's no way, but it's these small things. You keep stepping in trap after trap after trap after trap, and a person you thought would be your best friend forever, before you know it, drifting begins to happen. I'm just letting you and I know, let us not fall into the plans and the traps of the enemy any longer. I don't want us being that type of church. I'm not going to put the verses on the screen. I want you just to remember these. Second Kings chapter 5. You can read the whole chapter later this week. It's a beautiful chapter about a guy named Naaman. And he is this valiant soldier, okay? He is running the army. He is the secretary of defense. He is a general. He is uh, the man. He is over all of the military. But he has leprosy, okay? So he is trying to cover up his leprosy. He hears of someone that can heal him of his leprosy. And then he goes to that prophet to be healed of his leprosy. The prophet does not come out to meet this prestigious uh, military leader. What the prophet does is sends out his servant to go talk to him. And the servant goes out there and says, hey, military leader, I know you probably want to talk to the prophet, but you're talking to me. And I just want to let you know, I just want to let you know that he told me to tell you, go dip in the Jordan seven times. And if you dip in the Jordan seven times, your leprosy will be healed. And Naaman is furious. Naaman is upset. Number one, he cannot believe that the prophet did not come out himself, and he can't believe that he's being asked to dip in the Jordan River, which is a dirty river, and Naaman says this in verses 9 through 11. He says, I thought the prophet would come out, wave his hand over me, and cleanse me of my leprosy, but since he didn't do that, Naaman begins to storm off and go back home with his leprosy. Thankfully, he had a friend in his life that was like, oh, hey, man, 
if he would have told you to do something harder, you would have done it. Why don't you go dip? Naaman eventually goes and dips and gets healed. But the point I want to bring to you is Naaman said, I thought. I thought. This is what messes us up. I thought they would have me on the platform by now, not serving in the parking lot. I thought they would have visited, visited me in the, in the hospital. I thought she would, have apo- she would have apologized by now. I thought he would have asked me out by now. I thought I would be a bridesmaid in her wedding. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. And you and I create these expectations. And when our expectations are not met, whether they're realistic or unrealistic, you and I end up stepping into these traps and walking around with this offense. And we think we're hurting someone else when in actuality we're just hurting ourselves and hurting the purpose of God in our lives. And there are people on the other side of our life that may not get to receive what God has on the inside of us because some of the life has been choked out of us. I'm trying to tell us, avoid the trap. Avoid the trap. Avoid the trap. Avoid the trap. The enemy is interested in bringing this division and dissension. I, I, I've, got, I've got two last verses, okay? I'm going to be all done. All done. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. These two passages of scripture that I'm about, re- I'm about to read to you, these are not what are usually done in church. But we will be different. Everybody say, we will be different. Come on, say it again. We will be different. Chapel, we will be different. We will be different. We will be different. Okay, I'm about to read some verses to you that are in the Bible, but we don't like to, we don't like to actually put them into practice. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. If you are offering your gift at the altar, you're at church, ready to give singing songs, and you there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus is saying here, get it right. Now it takes one to forgive. It takes two to be reconciled. Okay? Some people don't want to be reconciled, and you cannot control what somebody else will do and won't do. It takes one to forgive, two to reconcile. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Look at this, verse 15, verse 15. We're just about done. We're just about done. 18, verse 15. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault on Facebook. Go and point out their fault on a passive-aggressive Instagram post. Go and point out their fault in your connect group when they're not there. No. If we just did this one thing right here, just between the two of you, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, there's something else you can do. Take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, tell them, bye, Felicia. 
we jumped to buy Felicia very, very quickly. And there's all these other steps before. If we just would do this, I'm telling you, there is a unity and a power that can be present in this church family, a unity and a power that can be present even in your company, a unity and a power that can be present in your home, a unity and a power that can be present in your life that will push you forward. And where there is unity, God actually commands a blessing to be in that place. Your goal whenever you're in conflict is not to get people on your side. It's actually to get people unified. Get them unified. Not on your side. That's your goal. That's my goal. So I'm praying today for a day of release. I'm praying today for husbands and wives and friends and best friends that used to be best friends, but they're not anymore, or people that you're acquainted with or employees with uh, employers or employers with employees. I'm praying that this is a day of release. I'm praying that this is a day of transformation. I'm praying this is a day where we're going to say, get my foot, get my neck, get my heart, get my hand out of that bear trap. Get me out of that thing. Lord, I want to release. I want to to forgive. I want to receive. I want to share the forgiveness that you have given to me. I'm not going to live chained for the rest of my life. If you wouldn't mind, church family, do me a favor here and in the chapel. Do me a favor. Bow your heads just for a moment. Nobody leaving yet. Bow your heads just for a moment. If you're here today under the sound of my voice, You've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You've never made him number one. You've never made him first. You've never made him boss of your life. But you're under the sound of my voice today. And you're saying, I don't want to go my own anymore. I want to go his way. I don't want to go on my own path. I want to go on his path. I don't want to be the boss of my life. I want Christ to be the boss of my life. I want to come out of the grave. I want to live new and live free. If that is you, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. Or at one point in time, you did and you slipped away. And today, you're ready to surrender or re-surrender your life to serving Jesus I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold on the count of three shoot your hand in the air and say yes that is me ready one two three just shoot your hand in the air you're saying yes that is me there's friends all over that are lifting their hands right now here in the chapel that are saying Jesus I put you first I don't want to go my own way anymore I want to go your way I don't want to be first I want you to be first in my life I'm going to ask every person, do me a favor, put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. And I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's lift our heads up and clap our hands with enthusiasm for every friend and family member of ours. We celebrate this moment in your life. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, church. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we'd love to know you, meet you, and hear your story. So be sure to email your information to info at shorelinecity.church so we can get you the tools you need to grow in Christ and impact this world. Love you, church.